Welcome to Daybreak Devotions, a podcast version of the daily radio ministry of the McLeansville Baptist Church with your host, Pastors Mike Barnett and Corey Cantrell. And welcome to Daybreak Devotions. It is wonderful to be on the brand new week, a brand new week of broadcasting. Thank you for listening from the McLeansville Baptist Church. We're coming to you, Pastor Mike Barnett and Pastor Corey Cantrell. It's the week after Easter, and we're con- sort of continuing on the journey. But yes. it's uh, been a while since we've heard old old Sergeant Carter crow. I was sitting here thinking, I don't think he has ever crowed as forcefully and celebratory as oh, he did this morning. He's all in resurrection mode yes, right now. Yes, he is. And we are too. And so we have a very special week of broadcast this week. Last week was extremely special, but this week we're going to be playing some previous uh, sermons mm-hmm. that have been preached here that are connected to the week after resurrection. Yes. And you'll you'll have those lined up uh, from now through at least Thursday Yes, is what we're going to do. And we're going to open up the first one that we're going to play this week is actually going to come out of John chapter number 20. And it talks about the first words that Jesus spoke after resurrection. And they are, there's a lot of help, there's a lot of of power that comes from Jesus' first reappearance to some key people, some of Mm -hmm. his close friends, and uh, words of encouragement, words of uh, worship, words of correction, all of these different things. And so I I hope that uh, the listeners will receive a lot of help from this particular message. I read earlier from Luke chapter 24, the account of the resurrection. So let me pick up where we left off this morning. Here in John 20, in verse 10, Then the disciples went away again into their own home. But Mary stood without at the sepulcher weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher. And seeth two angels in white setting the one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing, and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, the same question again, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. And she turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. There have been many messages over the years preached on the seven sayings of Jesus on the cross. I myself have preached on that a few times over the years. I was remembering that uh, many years ago when I was still in the army as a chaplain, It was on the week of Easter, and for our PT one morning, I had a special event that I led, PT's physical training, you know, exercise time in the morning. 
And all those soldiers that wanted to joined me that morning. And we went through the seven sayings of Jesus on the cross. But with each one of those, we would do a certain amount of exercises. Uh, and just to kind of give it a, a sort of a method to it, you know the old story of the 39 save one lashes. So we don't think the Romans observed that rule when they beat Jesus. But I had uh, all of us do 39 of whatever exercise it was, and then we would run a quarter of a mile lap. And we would come back, and then we would go to the next saying, and we'd talk about each one. And that was our hour of PT that day. It was a pretty great event, and I remember that. And, uh, and the soldiers that, that were a part of that that morning. It's good to reflect on those seven sayings of Jesus on the cross. They say so much to us about the heart of Jesus. They tell us what really was on his mind that day. And, and what has been on my mind over the course of this week has been the suffering of Jesus. But that in all of his suffering, this is the thing, in all of his suffering, he was focused on others. Always. Even through the cross, you see that he is focused on others. When we looked at the communion in the Lord's uh, table and how they gathered that evening, you see that Jesus' focus was on the welfare of his disciples. He cared about them. From the washing of their feet to the institution of the Lord's Supper to the message he gives them as they walk that night to the Garden of Gethsemane. And then in the Garden of Gethsemane, you see his primary concern is not himself. Yes, he prayed for himself. But his primary concern was the will of the Father. Because that is what he yielded to in the end. And then on the cross, we see this replayed over again. He prays that those that were crucifying him would be forgiven. He remembers a man that's being crucified with him and says, This day shalt thou be with me in paradise. Always it was about others. This morning, as we look into these words of John 20, we have not the last words of Jesus on the cross. But we have the first words of Jesus after resurrection and these are very important and I'm very uh, interested in the words of Jesus on resurrection Sunday because here too we see the heart of Jesus we see after his resurrection after his suffering after all that he has gone through we see what is on his heart we see what his concern is and as we are in him and his life is in us as believers then this reveals something of where our heart should be his desire for us and how we should live. Now, if you were to read Mark's account, you can trace the appearances of Jesus in order. He tells us that Jesus first appears to Mary Magdalene. And we know that after he appears to Mary alone, he appears to a group of women. And in, in Matthew tells us that. But Mark says he appears to Mary Magdalene first. Then he talks about him appearing on the road to Emmaus, which is told about in Luke 24. And then it says he appears to the disciples in the upper room, which is talked about later here in John chapter 20. And so we can see the order of Jesus' appearance, and we can see the order of the things that he says, and it would do us good to study every one of those. To look at all the sayings of Jesus on this first day after his resurrection. But this morning we're going to look just here in John chapter 20 at a few of these things. I want to walk through these words together, some of which we've already read. Here in John chapter 20, and back in verse number 15, Mary, who has already spoken, the angels have spoken to her, and, and she is confused, and she is afraid, and she is concerned because the body of Jesus is missing. Verse number 
15 says, Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? And he says, Whom seekest thou? Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? And this that Jesus speaks that morning is an address to the broken heart of this lady. Her heart is broken. Her heart is confused. Her heart is greatly disturbed by what has happened. And now, not only has Jesus been crucified, but the place where they laid him, now someone has taken his body and moved it. Depending on how you want to read the order of Scripture, she's already had the angels at least once, maybe twice, speak to her. And yet she still doesn't understand what's going on. But Jesus asked two questions. And there is a purpose to these two back-to-back questions. The first question, woman, why seekest thou? Is Jesus' way of saying, let me acknowledge your broken heart. Have you ever tried to share what's on your heart with somebody? And you get the impression they're listening out of obligation, but they're kind of in a hurry. They need you to get done because they got more important things to do. Have you ever done that to somebody? The answer to both questions, yes. But Jesus sees what's going on with her. He knows what's happening inside of her. He knows the pain that she's carrying. He knows the misunderstanding that's clouding her uh, her vision and her judgment and, and making her afraid. And he asks her the question, why weepest thou? And it's clear from the get-go in the first words Jesus speaks that he is still primarily concerned about others. He sees the broken heart of Mary, but better than that, he knows the broken heart of Mary. Sometimes I can look at you and you can look at me and we can tell that something's bothering one or the other. Sometimes you might see me with tears or you might see me cast down and you may say, I know something's wrong with him, but you don't know what it is. And even if I tell you, you can't really know. But Jesus not only sees her broken heart, but he knows her broken heart. And then what's more? He wants her to know that he knows her broken heart. And I believe that the Lord wants each of us to know that he knows the brokenness of our heart. When you suffer, he understands. When you're hurting, he knows that. And he comes to enter into that hurt and into that suffering. He comes to enter into our pain, which is what he does with Mary that morning. Boy, there's a lot of comfort in knowing that we have a Savior who knows our brokenness and knows our pain and knows our loneliness and knows our heartaches. And he's willing to be invited in. I know it may be out of the direct interpretation, but for the sake of application, Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20 tells us that Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. There are doors in our life that have been closed and locked from everybody else because they're dark places and painful places. But Jesus says, I stand at the door and I knock. And He says, if you will open the door, then I will come in and I will sup with you and you with me. That's fellowship. Jesus says, invite me into those places where you have not invited me yet and let me come into you. 
Woman, why weepest thou? And then the second question, whom seekest thou? Not only does he acknowledge her broken heart, but he says, let me heal your broken heart. Let me heal your broken heart. He begins the healing with that second question. He's calling her back into focus. He's saying, he's saying by the question, it's time to stop letting all of this have your mind and come back to this one place. Because this is what life does to us. Life swirls around us like a busted beehive. And it does sting like that too. And there's so much madness and so much craziness and so much going on. And Jesus says to her, why or whom seekest thou? Come back out of all of this stuff to this main thing. Who are you looking for? Who are you looking for? And in the middle of our life, in the middle of everything that we're going through, in the middle of all the mass hysteria and the confusion and all of that, Jesus says to us, who are you seeking? You know, the angels had already addressed that themselves. We read it earlier. Why seek ye the living among the dead? He's not here. He's not in this tomb. He's risen. And Jesus now says, whom seekest thou? Mary, whom are you seeking? Are you seeking for the Jesus of your mind? Are you seeking for the Jesus that you can reason? The one who by all accounts should be dead right now because he's just a, he was just a good man. He was a good teacher. But I saw him die and it's over. Or are you seeking the Jesus who changed your heart? Are you seeking the Jesus who cast the seven devils out of you, Mary? Are you seeking the one who made all things new in your life when you met him? Who are you seeking? Are you seeking the one who said to your friends, Mary and Martha, I am the resurrection and the life? Who are you seeking? I think that question matters to us today because people will come to church. Some come occasionally. Some come week after week. And the question could be posed to each one that comes, Whom seekest thou? Why are you here? Who did you come to see? Who did you come to hear? And Jesus' first words were to call her heart back to truth. Back to a mindfulness. Back to the reality which was more real than a tomb. More real than death. It was to call her back to Himself. So many times in life. In fact, every time our hearts are aching, every time we get broken inside, every time that our eyes are filled with tears, I believe that those occasions are times where if we will listen, we will hear the voice of the risen Lord saying, Why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? Come back to me. Those rough moments, those rough days, those hard years of your life, are all about calling you back to Him. And we say, we wonder sometimes, why do we have to even go through that at all? There's a process. Each one of us are born into this world sinners. Each one of us are born into this world with generation after generation after generation of the influence of sin that is inside of us. It's in our very DNA. It's who we are. And the world that we live in is a fallen world that is 
poisoned and corrupted by sin. And we wonder, why do I have to go through this? It's because of who we are and the world we're born into. But rather than dwell upon the why, Christ says, dwell upon the who. <laughs> dwell upon me. I am the one that came. I am the one that is healing you. And it's a process. It's a process. You see, the very next thing, and by the way, I would say that first word is healing. Healing. And look at the next thing. In verse 16, Jesus uses one word now. He saith unto her, Mary. One word. Just one. What's so amazing about this is to see how desperately she longed to know where he was, and all the while, he's standing right there with her. Now, I bet you've had that experience before too. In the clouds of life, and the uncertainties of life, where we feel like that it just none of it makes sense, and it's all falling apart, and we say, oh God, where are you? And he was right there the whole time. The Burns Trio used to sing, standing somewhere in the shadows, you'll find Jesus. I can't help but think that Jesus was there the whole time. I don't know this, but that morning when they came, the first time, all those ladies, and they found an empty tomb, and they were afraid, and they didn't know what had happened. I, maybe Jesus was standing over on the side watching. And when Peter and John come running to the tomb to see what had happened, and they back out and they walk away shaking their head and they're confused and, and they, they see that the tomb's empty, but they don't yet understand that he's risen. And there was Jesus. And then Mary comes back, or, or rather she came back with him and, and she lingers. Oh, ho, 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 ho. I might have just touched something. She lingers. I think that might have been it. She stays a little longer. And there, Jesus reveals Himself. You know, I think sometimes we look at our situation and we say, Why? Lord, why does it take weeks? Why does it take months? Sometimes years? Why do I have to go through the thing that I'm going through? Because it is a process. Because there are steps in the restoration of our soul. And some days that's easy. I spent two days almost in the, in the backcountry wilderness. I'm at peace. I feel good. I come home and I go to Burlington. And inside of 15 minutes of traffic, I am in a bad way. But I get out of that easy. See, that process was get home, get home, get home. Get on the lawnmower. Breathe air. That restoration is easy. But not all restorations are that easy. Some take years. And this process that Jesus brings her through, He's asked her two questions. But now that He's caused her to think and to realize that it's Him she's after, he says, Mary. And in that moment, 
It all comes together for her. It all realigns. I don't know why exactly the Lord did it all the way that He did it. I mean, I can't explain to you why He created things the way He created them. I can't explain to you why He created such a diversity of things. We heard yesterday morning, I think it was, that scientists have recently discovered a new type of giraffe. Now, you just stop and think about that a minute. It is 2021, people. And they have discovered a new species of giraffe. And when I hear that, I think we have not yet begun to tap the depth of the riches of our God. And as long as man walks upon this earth, he'll continue to discover more. <laughs> and every time they think they got him figured out, he shows himself greater. And he does this for Mary. And that's where we will pause for today's broadcast. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. I sincerely hope that you will join us tomorrow as we finish the message out of John chapter number 20. Have a blessed remainder of your day. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us on today's program. We hope that you'll tune in with us each and every day right here on Daybreak Devotions as Pastor Mike and I will discuss various topics in God's Word. If you've got any questions, comments, we would love to hear from you at daybreakdevotion at gmail.com.